as much as uh, she's meant to us in this transition, she means exponentially that much more to you all because of the years that she has poured into you. And I told her, I don't want you to take a sabbatical. And as my wife said, she deserves a break. She has earned it many times over. And this is, this is to me, going to be the fun part because I don't know how we're going to do this, but as a church, I want you to pray for her. I'm going to invite you to come down in just a moment and, and pray. This is just a, a, an expression of how you can pour back into her. But even more so than that, Sister Kim, as you were, as you were ministering, I felt a, an angelic presence move in ministering spirits that are here for you specifically and we're going to allow the Lord to do that amen church I'm going to ask you to come forward as close as you can I know the Lord wants to do some things here and we're just going to let him do that for a moment in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Lord in your name Lord, in your name, we humble ourselves before you right now, O oh God. Jesus, I know your presence is here for this purpose, for this time. Lord, I pray ministering spirits right now be sent to strengthen her. Be imparted right now to strengthen her. Hikata haye. Yandala masataha. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Yarolosata Haye, Aradamahaya. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Come on, church, let's pray. Yando lo satahaye isahai Lamondo roshatahakahaya Itahasaye Yando lo moshakasatahai Come on, it's happening right now. The Lord is ministering right now. He's making a way right now. He shatahaye Yando lo satahaya Ye kasatahai Yodo lo satahandai in the name of Jesus, I claim it today, Father. I claim it today, Father. Isa ye kasatahai, In the name of Jesus, Lord, it's by Your Spirit, it's by Your might, it's by Your power. Isa ye in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. 
Come on, we're not rushing past this. The Lord is doing a mighty work right now as we make ourselves available to it. In the name of Jesus, you give strength, Lord Jesus. You give strength, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yando lo sata haye, yadarama sata haye, yadasika haye. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Yes, Father. We receive your strength today, Father. We receive your strength today, your mercy today, your kindness today, your love today. Yado lo Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can we give God some thanks right now? Give him some praise. You are holy, Father. You are holy, Father. I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Thanks be to God. The Lord is good. Why don't we stand? His presence is in this room. Amen. Hallelujah. Every eye closed for a moment. Father, we love you. We thank you. Lord, you've done so much for us. You've done so much for us. Your kindness is forever, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Your mercy is forever, Jesus. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Let's give him some praise. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The Lord is going to continue to do great things faith for that. Amen. We're going to dismiss our children and our Sunday school teachers at this time for their classes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, we're emotional beings because that's the way God created us. It's the way he made us. And if you're like me, you spend your time sometimes fighting against that. <laughs> but that's how he made us. The Lord is good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I give honor to Sister Schoonover today. She's... I'm going to say that again. I give honor to Sister Schoonover today. 
our bishop. He's in the west side today taking care of the churches. Amen. I, uh, I told my family I'd like to give them the chance to speak to you all today and greet you. Um, I'm not going to put any time limits on them. If anything else, you'll see how I got to be where I am today uh, through them. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is take this down to my grandmother. She's had the longest to prepare. <laughs> Granny. This lady, if you, if you went to her hometown of Hornwall, Tennessee... Uh, you would see she is a who's who of her town and through her family and all the great things she's done. I just want to let her speak to you just for a minute. Well, I'd like to say I love the Lord and I'm so thankful for the thing that he is doing for Caleb and his family. And everywhere you go, you can feel the love of God. And I'm so thankful that I am one of his. And I would just, I'm just so uh, excited for Caleb and, and his family. And I'm excited for uh, you people, too, because I know y'all are going to enjoy him. And, uh, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he, they love y'all, too. So they have, have been talking about how how they love this church and and what good things they're going to try to do. Amen. It's the one time in my life I get to tell my mom to turn her phone off. <laughs> Sister Flowers. I'm so happy to be here today with our family and to meet more of our family. You know, we're all the, if you're born of God, then you are the family of God. And we're brothers and sisters in a family that goes across the globe. And I just want to share this little story that um, part of it, the minister shared at our church last week about a man who was dying. And he was teaching him a Bible study, and he said he won't live long enough to get through the whole study. What part should I teach him? And as he was going through the chart, the man responded to the page that was about heaven and said, what is that? So that was his cue to talk about heaven. So he talked to him about heaven and how it was a wonderful place and that he could go there. And so he said he wanted to be baptized, and they had to ask the doctor's permission. He said, yes, he can be baptized, but it will kill him because he's, you know, he's just, because of his condition, he wouldn't live through a baptism. So the minister was like, oh my, we need to pray about this. And when he talked, but he said it is the patient's decision. So he talked to the man and he said, yes, the doctor said you could be baptized, but you wouldn't live through it. And he said, so you just got through telling me about this wonderful place called heaven, and the Lord is there, and I might could go there today. And that just did something to me to think he did live through the baptism for about 24 hours, but he did get to go to heaven that night. And so it just made it all seem so much more real to me hearing that story that one day we have a promise of going to heaven. 
And who knows if it's today or tomorrow or years to come, but I'm looking forward to that and being there with all of you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. You, uh, those of you that were here yesterday, you got to hear from my dad, but I'm going to ask him to come again and, and speak to you. Uh, if I would have known we'd be at this juncture, I would have asked him to sing another song. It is a privilege to be here in Union Gap, and uh, we're excited about what God is doing, a beautiful congregation. Um, Loren was talking about uh, the heritage that, that we have, and on my grandmother's side, I am a fourth generation Pentecostal. My sons are fifth generation. His kids are sixth generation. But my dad had to be bribed to come to church. My mom, my, my, I guess dad was, they were around 28, 30 years old. Uh, she promised, she worked at Sears at that time and uh, she worked in the catalog order building. Back then you used to get the Sears catalog and you know how you, just, that, that's where she worked. She filled all the orders. But they ran a special on Browning shotguns. My dad was an avid quail hunter. He raised and trained bird dogs and all of that. She promised him a brand new shotgun if he would come to church. That's how she got him to come to church. Well, she got him to church and God did the rest. So I'm thankful for my heritage, but I'm also thankful for a mom who was smart enough to get my dad to church some whatever it took. So I'm very thankful for that. And then my, my, my wife's dad, when I started dating my wife, her dad was not in church. And I was actually kind of scared of him first time, first time I met him. But then when the Lord does what he does, turns a heart of stone into clay, and starts molding it, making it to what he wants it to be. My father-in-law father was one of the kindest men you'll ever meet before he went to be with the Lord. And I'm so thankful for that. Not only the heritage on, on my wife's side, her, her grandmother was in church also. But it's, a, it's just a picture of what God can do as far as keeping you, but how he can bring you in if he needs to. So I'm thankful for that. I'm excited what, about what God is going to do here in Union Gap. Uh, my, my son, daughter-in-law, and my grandkids being raised here with you folks. I trust you with my grandchildren. So keep them, keep them straight and let them be raised to be warriors in the kingdom of God. Amen. There's a work to do, and we have a job to do, and God's equipped us to do it. And he's going to be with us every step of the way. We love you. Thanks for letting us be here. Amen. Amen. I'm also going to invite my brother to come up. Uh. We 
Um, he has never been to Yakima, Washington. And now he knows what he's been missing. That's right. <laughs> uh, man, I can't start to, to go through the years that, that we spent growing up together. Um, but I'm very thankful that he's here for this weekend. Uh, I will say this. He is the one that everyone knew was going to be the preacher. <laughs> including himself. <laughs> and I was the one that did not want to have anything to do with it. But, um, but it, it, did, it gave me an admiration for him, uh, even from the time that we were children. Um, if I didn't know where he was, uh, I could think chances are he's probably in his room writing a sermon or something. Um, but that's the kind of admiration that I grew up with, and I'm thankful that he's here. Um, I want him to, to speak to you. If he wants to preach, he's fine to do that. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I bring you greetings from Holly. Test. From Holly Springs, Mississippi, and my wife uh, said to please send her greetings. Uh, I have a wife and three daughters. Uh, they are 10, 12, and 15, so pray for me. Uh, <laughs> my oldest one just got her driver's permit, and uh, she thinks she owns the world. But uh, we're so, so excited to be here with you this weekend. Uh, I wish my whole family could have come, but it's just... I told Sister Schoonover, if we could just shrink the states that are in between Mississippi and Washington to where it wasn't quite so hard to get here, uh, we could sure come more often. But uh, this is my first time actually to be here since Annabelle was born. Uh, my only other trip to the West Coast, I've never been to California, never been to Oregon, never, never been to the West Coast except for one time when uh, Annabelle was born. I came out here and then came back this weekend. So shame on me uh, for not coming more often. But it is an honor and a delight to be here with you. We give honor to Caleb and Loren and to the Schoonovers, your bishops, and just their whole family. Wonderful blessing, not only here, but to the kingdom of God at large. Amen? Amen. Great move of the Holy Ghost last night. Terrific spirit that's here today. I'm not going to preach. Um, I am a pastor. I'm accustomed to preaching three plus times a week. So... I think I probably have something to say, um, but I'm going to try to keep it short. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do want to just share one thing. When Caleb sent us a text this morning, he said, I want you to, to greet the congregation. This came to my mind, and if I was just going to wait and kind of see how, <laughs> how things went. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to just going to share this for just a couple of minutes. I'm going to read Psalm 133. It's only three verses long, and I'm going to be very short in what I have to say. Psalm 133 and 1 says this, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, as the dew that descended upon the mountain of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. 
The Bible says that when brethren dwell together in unity, it is like the anointing oil that flowed down the head of the priest. Unity links us to the anointing of God. Unity links us to the blessings of God. The Bible says at the end of this chapter that it was there that the Lord commanded the blessing. Where? Upon the hill of Zion. Well, how do we connect with Zion? The Bible says when we come together in unity, it's like the dew that flowed on the Mount Zion. When we, when we dwell together in unity, unity does something powerful in the life of a church. Unity not only connects us together as brothers and sisters, but unity connects us to the flow of anointing. The Bible says that it ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard. And, and there is a, a leadership structure. God, God does flow through delegated authority. God has called the fivefold ministry to deal with the church. But if you want to be connected to the flow of anointing, then you need to contend for unity. When we hear the word contend or contentious, we think of strife and division, but the Bible actually instructs us to contend for unity. So if there's going to be any fighting or, or anything like that, we should be fighting for unity. We should be fighting for one another. We're not fighting against one another. We fight for one another. We come together and we war against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places and everything that would exalt itself against the kingdom of God. We are contending for unity. Amen. And, and I believe that God has placed wonderful leaders over this congregation. I believe that God is going to anoint them to carry out his purpose. I have so enjoyed getting to be with you. I know that God has his hand on this congregation. But if I could just encourage you to do one thing, it is contend for unity. Unity will link you to the, the flow of authority in your life. Unity will link you to the flow of anointing in your life. And unity will link you to the blessings of God. Amen. God bless you today. Thank you so much for, how, for having us. God bless you. God bless this church. We're going to be praying for you. And I'm excited to see great things happening in Union Gap, Washington. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not going to preach either, I don't think. That's right, Brother Mike. <laughs> I've been doing that my whole life. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 29. I give honor to my wife as well. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse... 11. This is a verse that I know you have heard or seen somewhere along the way of your life. But I just want to briefly talk about this passage. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. Now the teacher in me wants to go slow and take time and talk about every word, but we're not going to do a lot of that today. But I am going to start with, this verse starts with the word for. That's a continuation. It's a conjunction. It's linking another th thought or, or event or, or something to what he's saying here. For I know the thoughts. If I say, for I am hungry, 
That's an incomplete thought. It's a true thought. It's a statement of fact. But because I said for, I am, because I am hungry, you're going to wonder, okay, what is, what is he thinking? Well, after this, I'm going to get something to eat, for I am hungry. You see, there's a, there's a thought there that makes sense when you put it with the second part. So we know in, in Christianity, this is one of the most popular verses that we see. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. But if you just think and look at where and who the Lord was writing this to. First of all, he's using the prophet Jeremiah to speak this to his people, to his children. But his children were not in a place of peace at the time that he wrote this. They were not in a place of freedom and liberty. They were in a place of captivity at the time that Jeremiah spoke these things to the, to the, the children of, of God. So we see an incomplete thought here. I mean, it's great to just claim a scripture and a, and a verse. It's true. It's the word of God. But when you think about what he is really saying here, who he's talking to, and why the Lord would use his prophet to say these things, it really adds more meaning to the fact that he does have an expected end for us. He does want to bring us to a place of peace. Now, look at verse 10. I, I, I'm making this brief. But the children of Israel are in a place of captivity. They're in Babylon at the time that Jeremiah is speaking this to them. For thus saith the Lord that after 70 years be accomplished at Babylon, I will visit you. After 70 years are accomplished at Babylon. What the Lord is saying is, you are in the spot that you're in right now for a purpose. For a reason. And yes, my presence is everywhere at all times. But I'm not going to just show up and do the work I want to do outside of my timing. <clears throat> After 70 years are accomplished. It, the, the, the Lord knew in that span of 70 years what he needed to get done in his people. And therefore, he says, after 70 years are accomplished, I will visit you and perform my good word toward you in causing you to return to this place. Now, they didn't have some kind of magic potion back then that, that made them live longer. Okay, if you study it out, yes, true, the lifespan has average lifespan has um, shrunk from that time to this time. But it's not like it's been, you know, so... He wasn't writing this to a 50-year-old and saying, okay, in 70 years when you're 120, I'm just going to bring you on back. 
The, the Lord knew the, the, the age, the position, the circumstance of every one of his children that were in captivity. And what he said was, I need 70 years to pass. And those 70 years are in you are going to accomplish what they need to. And those 70 years in your neighbor are going to accomplish what they need to. And in the one over there and over here, every person needs to go through this period, this time. And through this time, I am going to accomplish my will, my plan and my purpose. And then I'm going to visit you and then I'm going to cause you to return to my house. To my presence, to your to your your home where you belong. You think there was some people that maybe the Lord just knew they don't need to return. They in this seventy years they were sent out. They're not going to be a part of who's brought back. If I did it in seventy days, they'd still be here, and they wouldn't be changed. You wouldn't be changed. So he's got this span. We're talking about we're talking about the way the Lord works in the kingdom, okay? All these things that we've done and said today throughout this day, it, it shines the light on more than just today. More than just this day, this week, this month, and what we've got going on. Because it's just our nature as human beings to be just short-sighted enough to know, okay, I got to make it through today. I got to make it through this week. I love Sundays and Sundays are great, but I've got a plan for Monday and a plan for Tuesday and a plan for Wednesday. And our focus with a mindset like that is, Lord, if you're going to do something, you better do it fast. If you're going to change something, you better do it now. You've got this opportunity. I'm making myself available today. And if you don't do it today, I don't think you're going to do it. It's not going to get done. But what we've talked about today from the outset, spanning time, spanning generations, the Lord says, for with me, a thousand years are as one day with him. A thousand years is as one day. With, to us, a day can feel like a thousand years. Man, this is just what's. This has been the worst day of my life. But the Lord says, "I'm up here with my viewpoint, looking down, and I see I've got this piece over here, and I, I'm going to connect it to this piece, but not until I'm ready." And we as Christians just want to claim Jeremiah 29, 11 and woohoo, he knows the plans. He's going to bring me to an expected end. All I got to do is just be here. Think of it from his view when he's talking to his people that are in captivity. And he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. They are thoughts. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. And they are good thoughts. They're not of evil. I don't want to harm you. I don't want to bring evil upon you. I want to give you peace. And I know that peace 
is going to come after this trial. I can see that far. And to give you the peace is to give you the trial. To give you my peace. Yeah, I could just take you, I could move you as easily as I put you there in Babylon. I could just bring in another army, take the walls down, and let you scatter. But that's not going to give you my peace. It's not, it's not my plan. The Lord brought yesterday. I wrote it in my phone because I had just had to do it the way that he put it in my spirit. He wants to do his will, his way, through his wisdom. His will, his way, through his wisdom. You insert my in any one of those and all of it falls apart. His will, His way, but through my wisdom. Not going to happen. His will, my way. Not going to happen. That's what I want. Why don't you stand with me? We, all we know is today. All we know is this moment. This day, the Lord has appointed this day, this time. So I, all I can say is, if I want to claim that verse, Jeremiah 29, 11, and know that he knows his thoughts about me, then I apply it to this day and whatever this day looks like. If I don't see peace in this day, but I know that he knows the thoughts. If I don't see wisdom in this day, but I know he knows it's his wisdom. That's all I can do is say, Lord, today I trust you. Today I need you for your peace. I need your will. You know, this, the transition that this church is going through raises questions in itself. What's going to happen when? I'm fine. Those of you that ask me when you see me if I'm going to preach today, I'm fine if you keep doing that every week. But I'm also hoping you get used to the answer of I don't know. We'll see. But see, we, we, we just like the comfort of knowing what's going to happen. Who's going to be where? What you're going to do with them? Because in that element, we find our safety and our security. But that's not his way. Imagine, just imagine, if I got up here. Uh, serving on behalf of, the, of a prophet, speaking the word of God to you. And I said, God's word for you is, in 70 years, things are going to get better. We'll see who's here next week. <laughs> but that's what 
the Lord spoke to his people. The Lord had a pattern already at this point with his people of just leading them. His hand is upon them. I was thinking about this the other day. What's so special about the children of Israel? Why isn't it the children of this place or that place? Why, how, how come God chose that group? And then, okay, I, I, I'm trying to hurry. I, if I had one of my five children that I said, this is my favorite. This is my chosen child. Now, at first, they would, they would say, yay, it's me today. I get to go. I get to do this. But then if I said, all right, favorite one, chosen one, here's what life is going to look like for you. You're going to go through this trial that nobody else around you is going to go through. You're going to have to face this challenge. This, your brothers don't have to do it. Your sisters don't have to do it. But you, because I chose you, have to face this. And by the way, I'm going to be watching for your reactions. I'm going to be listening to what you say. All of a sudden, being the chosen one is like, no, I'll be one of the other kids. You you can go today. But if I had given them the promise... All of your needs are going to be met. I am going to give you peace. I am going to make sure you are sustained. You will have everything you need. That's what the Lord has told us. He has not promised us the best life as we see it. Oh, I did not expect to say that. He has not promised us what we think is the best life for us. Because, man, I could claim that and I can get a hold of this. Man, this life's going to be great. It didn't work that way for the children of Israel. It doesn't work that way for us today. But what he has said is, all of my promises are sure. All of my ways are perfect. There is a way that seemeth right unto man. But the end thereof are the ways of death. I don't want my way. I, a lot of times, a lot of days, I think I will take a little bit of my way just today to get me through this. But the end of those ways are destruction. His ways. I'm going to open these altars right now and I invite you to come. Let's seek the Lord for His way. Let Him know it's His will that we long for. His will that we long for. Father, I open myself up to You right now. You know every challenge that I'm facing. You know every challenge that I'm facing right now. Lord, I put my life in Your hands. I give the control over to you, Jesus. Come on, let's let's pray from a place of honesty today. Lord, my life is open.
is open before you, Jesus. thankful for your presence, God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. Hallelujah. Thanks be to God. I'm going to invite our ushers at this time.